Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Yes, sir. Number 58. Yes, sir. Heck yeah. Tom, Tom, Dorian, Dorian, Dorian. (laughs) And, of course, uh, what's your name again? Oh, Sam (laughs) Ziggy Rodriguez. Rodriguez. So glad that you're both here. Uh, This is an exciting time. I love that he's owning Ziggy. He I does. am. I have to. People are greeting me as Ziggy these it was, days. It's <laughs> it great. Was, it was it was thrust upon him, and now he just accepted it. That's perfect. And by the way, I'm so glad that the Catholic Cafe has installed this water slide entrance. I had never sl- done a water slide into a booth before, but this it is, is lovely. Yeah, that's actually not water. That's a vegetable oil. It's oh, part of the kitchen. <laughs> so that's why it went so fast. So that's a whole other thing. And I don't know where that came from, and I don't know where that's going. So we're going to ignore that. Yeah, you need to cut. We're going to ignore that. Change subject. And we're going to talk about what we're supposed to talk about, which is the topic at hand. Yes. <laughs> right? Probably a good idea. Yes. Generally. Perfect segue. So, <laughs> so here we are sitting at Mass, and we're, um, we're basically listening to the gospel being proclaimed to us. Mm-hmm. And it's the gospel according to Matthew, the fourth chapter. And we hear about being fishers of men, mm. the calling of the disciples, but specifically um, Peter and uh, Andrew, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and Jesus makes this comment, you know, follow me and you will be fishers of men. All right. So we're going to talk about that for a second. Okay. Um, and the thing is, we hear that so many times. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes we just don't really, really hear it. Mm. I mean, don't you think it's like it's one of those kind of things that's like... Voop, yeah, we don't internalize it. We're like, that's that's for somebody else. That's not for me. I'm the fish. I'm not the fisher of men, right? <laughs> right. And my wife says, I hate fish. So, <laughs> well, there you, you go. Know, so it's like we're having hamburgers. You know, it's like, no, I, I, the reality is uh, I think that a lot of the scripture that we, we have proclaimed uh, at Mass, just like anything else, and sometimes the homilies, you know, and, 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 that's, and I think everybody's guilty. I, there are a couple of times where I've been sitting there as deacon of the mass and i'm listening um hopefully i'm not spacing out in the gospel that i'm actually proclaiming <laughs> but, but as i'm listening but as i'm listening right as it's easy to sit there and, and start thinking about other things and right. get distracted and, and i know it's all of us run that risk right i'm sorry i completely zoned out just that <laughs> that's case in point and and so i'm i'm thinking well all right, so fishers of men, fishers of men, fishers of men. What does that mean? And Sam, you did say it's like, well, some people might think, oh, that's for somebody else. Right. I do know that in, in so many instances when, it, when we're talking about being a, 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 an active a member of the church, which would mean not just writing a check and not just being in the pew, mm-hmm. right? And not just coaching uh, some kind of... Uh, Football team. Football team or whatever. And certainly not just becoming a member of some organization that bakes a lot of spaghetti dinners or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like there's there's more to it. So so when we're hearing that, we're thinking fishers of men. We're, we're actually supposed to be fishing. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? And so I, I think talking about what it means to be a fisher of men, mm. and, and we'll, we'll be very clear here and very, very open and help everyone understand we're not just talking about the male. Right. Being a fisher of, we need more guys to be going to church. We do. 
But we need everybody. This is this is the capital M. Right. Right. This is essentially being a fisher of all peoples. Mm-hmm. Right. Your job is not to basically um, sit there and then continue to sit there and then make sure that spot is saved for you next time you show up. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and we've had a show where we talked about not being a pew warmer. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we, we don't we don't need any more pew warmers. Nope. So we're all called. And that's a call that's not specifically because I know early in my life, I remember thinking to myself specifically about this concept, but thinking, well, isn't that the Pope's job or isn't that the bishop's job or isn't that the priest's job or the religious sister or brother or, or somebody people. else? It's, it's, <laughs> yes. Let's just say somebody else. But even but specifically in the church, a lot of times we'll look at the quote unquote leadership of the church. Mm. And what is Jesus doing now? He was. He was calling leaders that would right. be leaders in his church, but he was calling guys that were fishermen. Right. I mean, these are, this is an ordinary; these are ordinary folk. Well, it's tough too because a lot of times, not at all, not at every parish, but a lot of times when we see people who are quote involved in church and parish activities, sometimes, not always. Um, it's <clears throat> folks who kind of have their own little fiefdoms who get very territorial and can get you know caught up in drama in the exact opposite of the sort of spirit that you associate with right. Jesus. So a lot of times when people hear get involved with your church, they might sit there and say, "Gosh, I kind of want to sit out on that stuff." People seem to be really angry with each other all the time, <laughs> you know, yeah. as opposed to being on mission for bringing people to Jesus Christ through the church and its supernatural gifts. Well, I mean, essentially at the heart of this, we're talking about evangelization. Yes. Right? We're talking about our responsibility, every single Christian's responsibility to not just take in the love, but to share it. Like, love is supposed to be creative, right? Love is, is supposed to create and, uh, and bear probably, fruit. Probably more so share it than take in. Well, that's right. So you, but, you, but you take it in. Oh, but, you're going to take it in. But it's not supposed to stay. Right. Right. Bottled up. We right. love because he loved us first. And we are called then, right, to, to share that love with others. To pour out what's been poured into us. Amen. And and when it's poured out, when see, then we become conduits of that love. Right. But if we're not in an ev- um, evangelical mindset, if we're just basically going to say, like, it's nice to be loved. And then we're just sponges. Essentially, we're, we're, we're soaking it anymore. up. Right, and what good is a um, you know what is good is essentially a, a love sponge. I mean, it's just like literally, <laughs> you, you just you, you become satiated, right? And you sit there, but you don't really. I'm, I'm thinking about like a waterlogged sponge right now. Right. You know that you you got to wring it out, right? <laughs> and, and and I'm just thinking that what good is that? I mean, there are times where we just need to be loved, right? But what good is it to have that love and then not to share it, right? And no. that, and that's what I think Jesus is talking about. You're being, hey, I, you're, you know, you're fishing for fishes right now, mm-hmm. but I got something bigger planned for you. And they're probably like, well, we're taking care of our families. This is our job. I got to pay for this boat. I got to mend these nets. I got to bring in a certain amount of haul. And and Jesus is like, yeah, those are good things. But but here's the deal. I got this big plan for you. Mm-hmm. And and that plan is actually for everybody. And so when when the when the church has us hear these words on this particular weekend, then she's letting us, reminding us 
of our call that God has called all of us to be fishers of men. Yep. Mm. So we're all called to evangelize. Evangelize. That I just made up my own word. <laughs> Perfect, man. Yeah. So to evangelize, all of us are called to go and do these things, right? And the going part. Remember the Great Commission. Go therefore. It doesn't mean sit therefore. Stay therefore. <laughs> right. Uh, and venture nowhere therefore. <laughs> right. None of those things were said. It was go therefore to go out. Right and and make disciples of all the nations. That's right. our call, and that's everyone. And so, this idea that it's somebody else is going to do it, mm-hmm. we've we've got to know that we are all called to evangelize. And so now, in that, I was thinking about myself. I think about myself a lot. I don't know. <laughs> Y'all want to hear about me? Someone? No, that's good. So I was actually thinking to myself about myself and thinking, well, how do I view that? Because, you know, faith is an in, um, uh, an intensely personal thing, right? It, it's supposed to be personal. Now, it's also supposed to be sort of extra personal and, and, and go out of you as well. But, but how we respond to things, and we should think about, like, well, what does that mean to me? And so as I'm listening to the words like, being fishers of men, and, and I'm thinking, well, this is evangelization. And I can look at examples in my life, like, for instance, this show. Right, Tom and I. You. This is episode number four hundred and ninety-nine. Did you oh, know that's that? That's cool. That is cool. That's cool. Right. So the next one is five hundred. How many years does that make it? Well, it's about ten years. We're that's doing amazing. about fifty shows a year. Who'd have thunk it? That's longer than The Simpsons now, isn't it? No, no, actually not. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually not. But but all that aside, uh, you know, well, I've done a few things, right? And right. I, so is I did, have I done it? Have yeah, I? I'm good. Have I checked all the boxes? And the reality is. What it caused me to do is actually look back and think, what have I done? Mm-hmm. How have I done it? What, what's worked? What hasn't worked? Mm. And I'm thinking, and it really actually caused me to start jotting some things down. This worked. This worked. This didn't work. And I started realizing that as I was looking at this list that I had jotted down, that amazingly there were 10 things on this list. Right, and it was like, and I don't want to call this like a top ten list. It's top ten things that worked, not didn't work, right? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do those. I could come up with, and naturally, like a top thirty, <laughs> top thirty things that didn't work for evangelization. And so, when I when I wrote them all down, I started realizing, well, for me, these are some basic principles that I've found most effective. Right, these are things that I've discovered about myself and about about. I'll just say several years of experience that have told me. This is, if I keep doing this, this is going to work. Or, or I should say that the Lord will work through me most profoundly and most effectively, I think. Or it has borne fruit in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 I actually even named it my Decalogue for Evangelization. Now, I want to be clear Beautiful. that I am not writing Ten Commandments. This is not my <laughs> task. And, and, and I'm not comparing these to the Ten Commandments. But for me... These are the ten words. This is what I think the Lord has spoken to me about. This is what evangelization is. And, and I would imagine that I think as we go through these, I think everybody is going to be able to maybe recognize some things that would work for them. Or maybe they hadn't thought of it that way. Some of these are, are things we've done shows on in the past um, and that we have um, focused on in one way or another, or at least mentioned. Mm-hmm. But what I decided is that I think that we need to do a massive series here. When I say massive, I mean, you know, 
11 shows. Wow. This, uh, starting with this a, one, right? Starting with this you is number one. You need a drum roll one. on that. You can't just put it out there. Yeah. So I'm going to do, we're going to do, the three of us are going to do 10 shows following this way, this one, on our Decalogue for Evangelization. Perfect. So it's like, it's like these are the 10 things. Now, I'm not going to make you all wait like 10 shows to be able to figure out what those 10 things were. You're going to put them out there and then we'll follow up if later. If you listen and you write them all down and you mail them in, I'll get you a secret <laughs> decoder reading. We'll come in the mail. No, no, uh, we're going to list them and I'll probably list them several times that we do this because I know people are busy and they can't always. And the other thing is like, I hate it when people say, if you want to know the secret, you've got to stay tuned for 26 weeks. You know, that's the worst thing you can do like with a Bible study or a series, right? If you say, hey, Oh, stay with us for 48 short weeks, and we'll cover It's like people go like, I'm not in. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, if it was like one week, I'm in. You know, we get all fired up. It's just hard. So so I, this is not, we're not going to keep everything, anything from anybody, but we are, uh, are going to do this. Here it comes. <laughs> we're going to make tell. them wait until the break. Oh, I knew it. I <laughs> to hear knew it. the 10 things. Then we'll kind of go through those 10 things, uh, the Decalogue for Evangelization, and kind of set up what we're going to do in this series of of. 10 shows uh, on the Decalogue for Evangelization. So, um, you know what? Before we take that break, though, we do need to do a little housekeeping here. Uh, I would love for you to come and visit us on our website, thecatholiccafe.com. And also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me your emails. Reach out to me. Let me know what's going on in your life. And you send that to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And if you're not able to come through the water slide, then uh, <laughs> please uh, like us on Facebook, on Vegetable Instagram, oil. and Twitter. <laughs> Vegetable all slide. Yes. Like, all, right. all right. Well, hopefully you won't slip out of here during the break, but uh, we will see you on the other side of this. Yes. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Born in England in the late 7th century, a man named Winfrith felt called to the monastic life and joined the Benedictines at an early age. It was not long before he flourished in the faith and became recognized as a powerful conduit for the Holy Spirit to all those he encountered. Tradition tells us that the Pope himself changed Winfrith's name to Boniface, a name that means good fortune. St. Boniface was very well thought of in the Catholic Church in England and would have most definitely excelled there, but he felt a burning desire to carry the gospel message to those who were not yet Christians. He focused his attention on continental Europe, where a colorful array of pagan religions was beginning to take root. With an evangelistic zeal, he crossed the seas and found himself settled in Germany, where he went to work straight away sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. One story is told of how St. Boniface had become so distressed by the pagan worship of trees in Germany that he decided to go to the public square and cut down a giant oak tree dedicated to the god Thor. The townspeople looked on in horror, fully expecting Thor to avenge the horrid deed and punish St. Boniface. But nothing happened. They became convinced that the god of St. Boniface, the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was the one true god. Many were converted to Christianity because of this one simple act on the part of St. Boniface. As St. Boniface entered his 80s, he resigned all his positions of leadership and once again went back to his roots of the simple missionary life. 
Though he was advanced in years, he was still a compelling force for the church. He converted many to Catholicism, but at the same time made his enemies all the more jealous of his successes for God. In 754, St. Boniface and 53 of his followers were murdered by a band of pagans determined to stop the continuing spread of Catholicism. Without any resistance whatsoever, they quietly laid down their lives for Christ and his church. St. Boniface was lovingly referred to as the Apostle of the Germans. Recalling the years that St. Boniface worked in Germany, a well-known German church historian stated, To us, this was a period of light, when the light of the gospel and of Christian civilization came to us. The feast day of St. Boniface is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 4th. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. That's right. That's it. That's it. No more. Just kidding. Uh, we are we are back. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, and we're um, I, yes, I'm Deacon Jeff, and this is the Catholic Cafe. And uh, you are. I'm pointing. This is radio, but I'm pointing. Yes. You are Tom Doran, and yes, you are Ziggy Rodriguez. He's pointing actually with a laser pointer in her eye. Kind of hurts. <laughs> it's not it's right. Okay. Only for those on probation. And so uh, we are talking about the Decalogue for Evangelization, which is essentially, I think, born out of the idea that we are all called to be fishers of men. I mean, we're, all, we're supposed to be evangelizing. We are. We're not supposed to be sitting and, you know, it's good to contemplate. Get out of the consumer it's mentality. It's good to pray, right? If we're not there just to receive, right. to buy things, to right. whatever. Be we're actually Yes, we are there. And that's what I love about the end of the Mass, by the way. As a deacon, mm. ite misa est. I mean, misa... Go and be sent, right? And that's where we get the word mission. We're sent on mission every time we leave the Mass, I mean, essentially. So this go concept is we are on mission. And so I guess we need to kind of figure out what that mission is. And I think when we're we're taught to be or told, expected to be, called to be fishers of men, we know that's our mission, right? To gather the men. I wish that Jar Jar Binks hadn't ruined the word Misa for me. (laughs) Misa, Misa, love mass. Yeah. And you know what? You just actually put us in a really bad category by mentioning Jar Jar Binks actually on the air. So, and you know, there's a lot of people trying to look him up on like the Catholic Saints now. Things like, was there a Jar Jar? Was there a Saint Jar Jar? I don't think so. That being said, we're getting ready to go down another road. I know. We're not going to. I refuse. So, so we're going to talk about. I just want to recap. We are going to have a series of of 10 shows following this one. So a total of 11 for those who are actually counting. But we're going to have 10 shows on the Decalogue for Evangelization. And each show will be based on one of these uh, principles on which we should evangelize. Now, again, I want to stress this is Deacon Jeff's personal list. There may be plus or minus here. Some people might have different lists a little Mm -hmm. bit differently. Um, And... Honestly, some people uh, might think it's the whole thing stupid. I don't know, uh, but th- I will not claim that this is this is uh, from the magisterium. But I, I but I will I will claim that it's faithful to the magisterium. There you go. Right, and that's my attempt here. So I want to I want to be careful, and I don't want to make light of the Decalogue of the Ten Commandments. I, I don't want to make. I mean, those that's. That's some pretty profound stuff right there. It's, it's kind of important. Yeah, kind of important is the way I, I might have refer, re, referred to it, you know, back when I was a heretic, Sam. 
<laughs> but but I will say I think these ten things are kind of important when it comes to evangelization. I agree. Uh, and and again, these are things that I've found maybe they're best practices. But when you say like we're going to have the ten best practice for practices for evangelization, nobody's listening. But if you say the Decalogue <laughs> for evangelization, people at least go like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" Yeah. So anyway, um, they're they're kind of in a particular order, but not necessarily in a particular order. Okay, they're not one is not necessarily bigger or better, but they are kind of in an order. So number one in my Decalogue for evangelization is know Jesus and make him known. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is essentially the heart of evangelization. Pretty, pretty fundamental, right? You got to know him and make him known. Right, so it's it, and and that's all part of the taking it in and sharing it. So it's not just giving a PowerPoint presentation. No, exactly right. <laughs> but making him known through a PowerPoint is nice. <laughs> but I, I think that once you know him, you're called to maybe uh, basically you're supposed to present everything in terms of a, rela- a relationship with God, mm. a relationship with Jesus, relationships with each other. Right, so essentially, it's that knowing thing. We'll do a whole show on it, but mm. know Jesus and and make him known. And it's my it's my finding through my own personal anecdotal experience that when people truly know Jesus, they want to know more about him, which means they want to know more about the church that he founded. Mm. Right? Then they start asking those questions. Right? So that's number one: know Jesus and make him known. Number two is meet people where they are and journey with them to where they are called to be. And that one's important. And I know a lot of people say, like, yeah, meet people where they are. That's nice. And then leave them there. No, we don't want to leave them there. I know. But that's part of the, I think, the heresy of our time is, is, is lopping off the last half of what you talked about. Let that be the beginning of a journey. I'm, I'm not going to uh, throw anybody under the bus here, but there was, a big, uh, there was a big billboard that used to bother me in the city of Memphis on the highway when you go past a, a very large church. And it just said, essentially, Jesus loves you as you are. And this is so true. Right, yeah. it's absolutely true, um, and essentially what they were saying was they they were inviting you to come to their church, but it's like rather than say Jesus loves you as you are, they said come as you are. Now the the problem with that is it doesn't say come as you are, but be prepared to be transformed, which is really what uh. needs to happen, right? So, but but so to meet people where they are, that's one thing. So how many times do we look at some controversial stuff in the world where people are saying things like, I'm not judging. I refuse to judge. I'm not going to say, I don't want to be controversial. I don't want to upset people. So you meet them where they are. This is where they are, right? But journey with them to where they are called to be. And this, this accompaniment business, that's what's important. You're supposed to be on the move, right? You're not supposed to stay there. You're supposed to meet them there. But then journey with them. So that's a powerful, uh, powerful number two. Um, number three. This one's kind of cool because um, I wrote it. But it's like important. <laughs> no. It's um, live for the future in the present informed by history. And, and I think about so many times how important this has been. Because there's sometimes when you're having conversations where, you know, you drop history out of the picture. And those are old archaic times. We don't need to talk about it. It's like, no, no. We always need to be living in the context of entry. history. We need to be informed by history. If we don't know it, we're doomed to repeat it, right? If we don't understand or learn our history. But we, we are living in the present. But we don't want to be stuck in the present. We want to be living for the future. Mm-hmm. So having a sense of hope. And it, it just reminds me of, you know, Jesus being God and, 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 and ever was is and ever shall be. And that aspect of the Trinity and that aspect of of our um, experience and understanding of God 
it really needs to come into play with our experience and understanding of the church. So when we're when we're evangelizing, we've got to teach what the church has always taught, where it came from, and why. But also, how do we apply that to today? Mm-hmm. And how is that going to help us moving forward in the future? And if we look at it that way, then we take all parts of history. Because heaven is outside of history, right? Mm-hmm. Heaven was, is, and ever shall be. Mm-hmm. In the same way, that's the way we, we need to evangelize. And uh, so, number four, back to the basics. Mm-hmm. You look at all the statistics, a lot of people who should, don't believe the basic stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we've gotten to the point where when we evangelize and teach, we're getting really deep really fast. And it kind of goes, I don't want to say over people's heads, but it's like it's not, it's not really relevant to their day-to-day existence. and also doesn't help them where they're really hurting in that little in-the-moment thing, like basic things like understanding the importance and the power of the Eucharist. Right When only 30% of Catholics, according to Pew Research, um, believe that, Christ is truly present in the Eucharist, we have a fundamental breakdown. So teaching people about all the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Holy Spirit or what scriptures or what prayers to memorize and they don't understand the concept of Eucharist, that can be problematic. So I think in evangelization, we stay basic. We, 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 this is where people are hurting, right? Why do we go to confession? Explain that. And that stuff would be powerful. Number five in my Decalogue for evangelization, make it relevant, right? It's like if they don't believe it's relevant to them, they don't care. Right. Right? And that's the I've learned that from teaching high schoolers. Oh, yeah. It needs to be relevant to them. Number six, collaborate to accomplish great things. My favorite one. I mean, it's like you can't do it on your own. No, you can't. And, and not just collaborating with God, but with each other. He put us in community for a reason. That's right. Jesus, in this gospel, calls Peter and Andrew. Right. Peter. Ditch your brother Andrew. That's a, got a plan for you. That's right. No. Now, there was only one pope there, but the reality is it's a collaboration. Right. Right? And we get great things done with lots of people. Number seven, teach a man to fish. You know that old adage, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. You teach a man to fish, feed you him teach him, life. feed him for life. And, mm-hmm. and, and when we're evangelizing, teach them how to find the information. Teach them why they want to go and go deeper. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't start deep. Let them find out how to get deep. Number eight, salvation is born of the family. Teach everything in the context of family. Uh, That's what Jesus was done. He's born into a family. Teach everything in the context of a family. Number nine, it it makes a difference to this one. That's that star uh, fish thing, Mm -hmm. like the kid throwing the starfish back in. You're treating one person. This is a personal story for individuals. Right. right? Don't try to save the world. And number ten, there is a God and I am not him. Right? That's a perfect one it's, a, it's, it's humility, right? This is the Decalogue for Evangelization. Tune in to these next 10 shows. You're going to love them. Yes, sir. Let's ask the Blessed Mother to be with us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now, now at the hour, hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.